Welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with female thought leaders, experts, and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights, and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally, and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tamu Thomas, founder of the 360 brand. Welcome to episode 28. Today, I'm joined by Emma Carr, founder, head girl in charge of Crave Personal Styling. Ah, we had a really beautiful conversation about fashion, about how style changes, and we talked about how fashion is an embodiment of where we are in life and what our style says about us. Not in a really um, superficial way. Our conversation was really, really meaningful and it made me have some realisations about my style, about things I'm holding on to and the reasons why. Emma is such a babe. Um, She sent me a book a while ago, which I, I still haven't read. I am going to read it. But she saw when I was starting 360 what I was trying to do, what I aimed to do with this business. And she sent me some literature to support me on my journey. She is so much of a mega babe. Her style for me is on point. I could literally just live inside her wardrobe. And she's such a nourishing person that her fashion styling is actually more like style coaching, where she's really considering a person's style from the inside out and creating a wardrobe and a look and a style that is based on what is inside that person, even including the parts of ourselves we try to hide. This was such a beautiful conversation I really want to talk to her again. I feel like we need to do something live. But anyway, here's today's episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to 360 Conversations. Um, If I start talking really loud, I apologise in advance. I'm just really excited about this conversation Now, this person that I'm about to introduce may not want me to say this bit, but I'm going to say it anyway. I asked her to be on this podcast when I first started and she was like, no, I'm not ready yet. And I was like, girl, you ready? But she said she wasn't ready. So I had to honor that. And we've had a couple of conversations here and there, a couple on WhatsApp, a couple in Instagram DMs. You know, I love my Instagram DMs. And um, yesterday... Oh gosh, let me just get on with it. I'm talking about Emma Carr, aka the fashion craver, personal stylist. Yesterday, Emma sent me a link to a um, Oprah Winfrey podcast, something about speaking your truth or finding your truth. I can't remember. I'm going to link it in the show show notes. Oh my goodness, it blew me away. And the fact that Emma sent it to me and we were speaking today, finally, after I've waited for a year, that podcast episode being sent to me by Emma, knowing that we were going to have our podcast chat today has made me so excited because it's telling me that this woman is in Wonderland I hope, I, I, I hope I'm going to follow this up. I hope I'm going to follow this up. You bloody well are. <laughs> <laughs> you sure are. So, That's an introduction. Listen, Emma 
is a fashion stylist. I will make sure that I link her Instagram and all of that stuff. And there are a number of, no, there are a small number of fashion bods I connect with and follow and appreciate on Instagram because there's a lot of noise and I'm just not that into fashion, to be quite honest. And that's part of the reason why I wrapped up the fashion element of my business, because I was operating from a place of kind of like logic and reason rather than a place of genius, excellence, passion, joy and all that stuff. Um, But Emma, unlike people whose Instagram no tea, no shade, can be a bit like the Freeman's catalogue, always selling something. This woman's content, I just find it really wholesome and inspiring because it is more than styling. So I'm really delighted to have you on here, Emma. Thank you, Tamu. It's been a long time coming, but as we've just said, um, off camera, off, you know, before we started (laughs) recording... Um, this is meant to be now. It's Absolutely. meant to be talking now. It just wasn't the right time for either of us then, I don't think. And you know what yeah. as well? Definitely, because when we had our preamble to this, I was saying that actually, in hindsight, I'm glad that we're having this conversation now because I feel that the growth I feel um, will serve this conversation better now than yes. it would have then. Yes, and yeah. the same for me. The same for me, definitely. You know, when you're vibing and the energy and the frequency is just doing what it's supposed to do. And it's great. I, I love, I, what I like is I actually think you have that, even though we've not met, what I find is the people that it's kind of in a weird way, a deeper connection because you have to not work. Actually, it's, it's easier. I don't know. It's because it, it's either there or it's not. I think when it removes a connect. layer of vulnerability. Yeah, like you kind of, I think you just open from the start. And I think you just, I think if you're the sort of people we are, I just get vibes. Yeah. Even from a distance, even if I've never met somebody. Um, and I actually think that makes that connection deeper. I've, I've got I've got a handful of them via this platform, you know, via Instagram. And yeah. they're, they're, they're proper connections. They're not surface at all. And you know why I think that is? I think that there are many areas of Instagram that are about show and tell. And I think mm. that the area that we operate within is about show and feel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. I think like previously, um, I, li- I like that description. Mm, yeah. That's good. Mm, because there are, we're, we, we are sold this notion that if it's not in person, it can't be real. And there are many areas where, It does need to be in person. Absolutely. We're human beings and we need this connection. But when we think about how our lives are changing because of digital experiences, I think that if you are mindful and if you are seeking connection rather than a collection, it is possible to bring heart and soul into digital spaces to make them feel almost real. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's when you come to it in an authentic way and you have no ulterior motive talk or agenda or agenda. I think that's when you make those genuine connections and like you you know what you put out, you 
get back and it's like for like minded people. So I think it's, I think that's why that's, we're experiencing it on that level because that is the intention that we've brought to it. Welcome to Emma's TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're going to put the world to rights here. (laughs) Listen, so before we do that, Please, for those of my listeners that I haven't connected with you yet, please could you share a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So um, I am Emma Carr. I have a business, Crove Personal Styling. I'm based up in Manchester. And I work with female founders, business execs, women, helping them discover and develop their personal style. So... um, it's very much it's I've kind of gone into where I'm I'm working with women that have um they're maybe in the process of setting up their own business or they have their own business so it's kind of into quite image consultancy where I'm kind of helping them rebrand themselves um and so we're working on quite a deep level it's funny I was having a conversation yesterday and I think a lot of people think that what I do is working from the outside in but it's not there's so much inner work, it's inside out. Yeah. Because when you start to peel those layers away and we use our clothes very much as armor. Um, armor, when really, when we really get down to that, what actually we should be, when we get to it and we get comfortable is that we use them really to express ourselves. So, at the, but quite a lot of the time it's used as armor to hide stuff away. <sighs> yeah so it's it's really it's quite it's it's a that's the element of my job that I feel really passionate about um I mean look I could style up outfits all day long do not get me wrong but I think what I've been what what this job has allowed me to do is is combined my creativity and my love of style and fashion alongside the other thing I'm passionate about which is just empowering women and I mean, I'm a very empathetic person and lifting other women up. And it's kind of like, it's great. I mean, I, I, I considered training to be a therapist before I went and did my course at London College of Style because I was going down that route of wanting to help people. Mm-hmm. But then I've always had this this creative thing inside of me that obviously I've never fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I realized I previously was fulfilling it by working in creative environments because I was an executive PA for 18 years Mm -hmm. and I always did it in you know I was in PR agencies I worked for a fashion designer so I was fulfilling that creative need in me by being around creative people and being in a creative environment whereas now I'm able to fulfill that part of me at the same time as doing something else that comes very naturally to me yeah so I'm combining the two so and I absolutely love it like literally the next thing that um well it's not the next thing the second thing that I was and I'm going to make the first thing was um because I know that your work is about helping people to create their style or update their style according to who they are yeah now um and I know that your work is led by how you feel which leads to your style so could you tell us a bit more about how you do this without giving away your your inner yeah so so um obviously if somebody approaches me we'll, we'll always start at the beginning so in order to know where you want to go we need to know where we are now um and 
there's there's a lot of groundwork that I put in beforehand. My clients get a really like detailed and um, personal style question questionnaire to fill out. But it's very telling. I can read between the lines. So the questions I ask them, um, you know, there's all this standard, you know, what's your life, you know, but you've got your lifestyle. But it's very interesting. Then when I look at where they are and where they want to be. Um, and so we'll always start with a wardrobe consultation because I think it's very interesting. I think people think, oh, you work with the stylist and they're just coming and they're going to clear your wardrobe out and start again. Now, I'm not going to lie. I, I have some clients where we literally are because we're, we're giving them a whole new personal style. Um, because there are lots of clients that I work with. I and mean, the ladies that I work with are sort of maybe between sort of 35, 55. And if you think about the changes that we go through over those those yeah. decades, yeah. Um, you know, and so nine times out of 10, by the time someone's coming to me, they've had some sort of transition or something's happened or happening yeah. in their life. Yeah. You know, we could have um, poor health. Um, so they've had dramatic weight gain, body shapes changed or uh, the opposite. They've had a bit, and actually, you know, you say, oh, you've lost loads of weight. That's easy. But no, because it's people not. still hide themselves. It's like they don't know how to, oh, they're still my. dressing for the person they were. Um, and then also when you're sort of doing, you know, when I'm looking at, and I know this from, from, from my experience of, you know, I've always was an employee within a business, but then when you become the face of a brand, no matter what you do, you know, whether it's creative or not, you know, now in the age of social media, we're all our own walking personal brand on a permanent basis. Whenever I step out the house. Yeah. So it's, you know, so it's very much, you know, the psychology of clothes. It's like, what, what do you want your clothes to say about you? What is it you want to say when you walk in a room, you know, you know, you're, you're articulating something about yourself. I, I don't know, is it something like seven seconds or something? Somebody's, or, or if you, when you meet mind. someone for the yeah. first time. So, you know, you know, and these are the sort of things that I do where I've got, you know, some clients where they're on retainer and we're talking on a regular basis and it's like, okay, we've got coming up. Okay, you're going into this. Never met these people before. Okay, what are you wanting to say? You know, so, and we literally strategize and work out what outfits they're going to wear because that's what they want to say that day. That's the environment they're going into that day. So that when we're working, when I'm working with these women that are, you know, running their own businesses, um, where we're kind of working on literally on that level, um, with our clothes. So yeah, it's, we, you know, we start at the beginning there and then we journey them through. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, um, it's a question of making sure that the clothes work for their lifestyle, but also, you know, say what they want to say, you know, a lot of the time, like I'll always ask them, you know, you know, who are your, who are your, um, style icons. And I, it's a very good interest because sometimes I might have somebody that absolutely adores somebody that's a completely different body shape to them. So it's like, how can I give them that aesthetic, yeah. but in a way that works for their body shape and their lifestyle. So, you know, it's, 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 it's very detailed work that I do. And then, you know, I journey them through and then we do the shop and, and then it's also that it's, it's never a sort of very linear, you know, there's, we'll get the resistance come up where, 
the emotional stuff comes up for my clients, you know, and there's a bit of kickback, a bit of pushback, you know, they're holding on to their old things or I'll speak to them and they'll be like, oh God, I'm really struggling to wear my clothes. Like I want to keep them for best. And there's all sorts of different things for people that come up or they're, they're still just not quite ready to be seen it's you know so it's Emma. kind of it doesn't happen with one shop you know the ladies I work with you know they're, they're with me a while because it's we're it's journeying journey. them through yeah it's a huge journey yeah what you oh gosh <laughs> my head feels like because ah, uh, if you were to come I'm I Quite often I speak to my friends at the weekend or whatever. Not at the weekend, but quite often I speak to my friends. And if it's the weekend, oh, Tam, what are you doing? I'm forever going to the rubbish dump. The rubbish dump is my favourite place. The rubbish dump and and all the charity the shop. All the glamour. The rubbish dump and the charity shop. Because I'm getting rid of stuff. And what I've realised is, naturally, I'm a hoarder. And I attach sentimental value to things. So it makes it really difficult for me to get a, throw them away. And I'm literally having a massive life declutter because I've realised that I've outgrown my life and I need to declutter emotionally and physically to make space for me to grow into yeah. this person I can feel that is just mm-hmm. there, but I'm not creating the space to do so. So um, I've... I'm I'm really fortunate that I have wonderful women around me. So um, my friend Nicola, um, who is uh, got a company called A Life More Inspired, we have conversations as friends. She's an NLP coach, so sometimes she just naturally says stuff that makes me think, mm-hmm, "There's something in there. I need to do that." And then also, I've been having coaching with this lady, um, Nancy Florence. I mean, her background is psychotherapy, and because of stuff I wanted to shift and dig into, I opted for her because I wanted somebody with that psychotherapeutic background yeah so the combination of those two I've been decluttering now um number one my wardrobe doesn't reflect who I am entirely not entirely I don't think anything does it entirely kind of but um a lot of the stuff that I've got in there I've got some nice suits that I bought when I was a local authority social worker going to court and had to look the part, they're yeah. not necessarily things I would have, if I felt like I was choosing, I, I wouldn't have chosen them. I bought them because they were fit for purpose. Also, what I, um, I've got, I've, I've got, cause I've been the same size since I was 21. Yeah. I've got stuff like my daughter was wearing a jacket of mine yesterday and I was like excuse me that's my jacket she was wearing my denim jacket which I bought in 1997 it was a expense at that time it felt like a lot of money it was a, it's diesel um and yeah, my cousins were like yeah. yeah my cousins were like why are you spending so much money I was like I just really really like it I've got more than my money's worth. I've had that for 22 years now. And now it looks like it's becoming a heirloom or heirloom, however you pronounce it, because my daughter's (laughs) wearing it. But what I've noticed about my wardrobe, when I started to cleanse things, well, firstly, let me go back to the rubbish dump and charity shop thing. I could have done one fell swoop, but that attachment I have to things, it's been really difficult for me to do it in one go. So I've had to phase it and releasing some stuff has enabled me to do the next phase of release and so on. And as I was doing that and looking at my wardrobe, well, there's a whole load of stuff that I forgot that I had, but I didn't realise and my wardrobe and this is symbolic for me as a person. I didn't realise 
how many of my clothes I've got hide me. So people will say all the time, like um, years ago, I was dating this guy who always saw me in oversized clothing or if there was like a slim fitting jeans there was always like a big flouncy top or something and one day we went out and I wore a dress literally his mouth was agape he was like oh my god I was like what I thought maybe I had something like food on my dress or something he was like your figure I was like what and um, he was like why don't you ever show it off And then I felt really awkward and really conscious for the whole night after that. Um, And it's because like people will say, oh, you've got a nice figure because I'm slim and we've been groomed to think that slim equals nice. But equally, the background that I come from, uh, hips and bum make you a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got hips, I haven't got a bum. I feel like... A there are different layers of hiding yourself away though so you've got the whole wear the oversized clothes but then I had another client that would wear really insipid very unflattering pale colors that that, that that's hiding yourself yeah. away you know there's hiding yourself away in dull clothes that are just nondescript you know not so you know so like yeah for me like showing up can be wearing a really fly pair of trainers or great statement accessory or a bold suit or color you know like color's a real one it's funny like I even if I look back at myself like I used to wear a lot of black all the time and as I've grown into myself I mean I still love black because it suits me and it's chic and sometimes only an all black outfit will do but as I've grown into myself um, I wear so much more colour and I, I strategically wear colour. Like I've just talked about, if I'm rocking up somewhere and I want to say something, yeah. I put my red trousers on. You know, the colours, I mean, red stimulates the central nervous system. There is a, um, a an emotional reaction to colour. Um, so, which I obviously learned when I, when I, when I did my study in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, even, even sort of, Things like that, you know, hiding yourself so away in black clothes, you know. But you see, it's... what I, what I, and, and I love the fact that you said when you came into yourself, you were accessing different thick clothing. Let's just say, because that hiding, what, that I didn't realize I was hiding. Even yeah. when he said, "Oh my goodness, you should like, why don't you wear stuff like that more often?" It didn't register. Recently, I've been doing, you know, I've had the coaching, blah, 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 blah. And the place I'm at right now is that I need to shower myself with a sort of empathy I give my child. And for me, well, we all em- do. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and empathy is different from compassion because compassion is like sympathy, whereas yeah. empathy is that understanding. Yeah. When I paused, to give myself that understanding, that hiding in clothes has been symbolic of me just hiding full stop. Yeah. And I was quite amazed at how this sort of cathartic process enabled me that room to flex a bit to see. So quite often people will think, oh, clothes, styling, that's like really frivolous. That's, 
you know nonsense but it's yeah. it's much deeper than that it's, it's interesting what you say about empathy I think you're, you're probably maybe you've got the ability to be have that approach yourself from this work that you've been doing now with Live 360 you know I think you know I'd wanted I mean it was a 15 year dream of mine to be a stylist yeah but when I wanted to do it 25 years you know sorry when I was 25 there was no personal shopping on the high street you were either a fashion editorial stylist or you were a a wealthy you know famous person to have a stylist you know it just wasn't it wasn't how it is now there wasn't social media there weren't the courses you know it took me that 15 years but I think I wasn't meant to do it then because I couldn't bring the empathy yes that I now can to it I could have brought compassion yes. because I've probably I've always been that sort of person, but yes. I couldn't have brought the empathy that I bring to it now because I've got life experience. I've been through stuff, yeah. you know, tough stuff. And so, you know, if I have a client that's struggling with poor health, well, I can understand that because I've had health issues myself. So, you know, it's like, you know, and as a mother, I can understand that shift. You lose your identity, etc. Yeah. You know, so I... I about the timing thing I wasn't meant to do it then I was meant to do it now and then that's why I bring that element to it that's made me feel like that ready brick kid glow (laughs) (laughs) literally I can see it you can see it 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 just it just releases it wasn't the time it's as simple as that yeah so it's just you know with just with yourself you doing this work that then that's that's you're going to be able to bring that to your to yourself so Thinking about what you've just said about timing and about, you know, belief and whatnot. God, there's so many places I could go with this, but let me go here. So since starting your... It's not even styling, your your image consultancy. What new belief or behaviour or habit that you've um, gained through doing this work has improved your life the most? Um, well, I, I, actually, I think for me, the the biggest thing is what we were just talking about, about the putting yourself out there. Um, I've really, you have to show up, like show up. And so there's, I've, and it's, it's something, you know, as I said, I, I've been working with my coach, Joe Grobler for the last just over 12 months now. And, um, so it, it's funny because in a way the styling thing that just, that comes naturally. So for me, the biggest thing that I've learned from this is that having to put yourself out there, show up when you don't feel like you can, that's, that's really been the biggest thing I've learned. And that has been that's what I am growing through at the, at the moment. And also to, um, to know that I deserve my seat at the table, you know, cause imposter syndrome's real, isn't it? Like, you know, Absolutely. so it's just like that constantly. And there'll be days when I think I do. And then it's like, again, it's not, it's not linear, isn't it? It's yeah. like there's some days you're, you're there and then something happens and you, it holds you back. Yeah. But that constant, having to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable in order to get to what's waiting for us. You know, I talked to you about this, like that self-sabotage thing. 
is you know when you're suffocating yourself because it's already yours it's already sat there exactly we just have to it's just waiting for us it's just you know you've got to but the only way is out is through isn't it you have to go through to get there so it's just yeah uh last week I was talking to my daughter there were some um auditions for a play at school and she just didn't bother and I said and she was she was disappointed with herself and I said why when I asked her why she didn't they had to have an American accent her American accent wasn't very good so she didn't even try and she's 12 and I you know I was ready to do all the like coaching and whatnot and I just thought let me just keep it all the way simple for her I said to her can you imagine we were walking and talking because she's better when we're a bit distracted and then it just flows rather than feeling like it's an interview we were in the park and there were some daffodils I said can you imagine if that daffodil as a bulb under the in in the earth under the surface just thought oh gosh this is too much like hard work I'm not gonna gonna show up Yeah. yeah and I said you know we wouldn't have these beautiful flowers to look at so I didn't say anything more. I said, just imagine you were a flower. Like, that's what I want you to do. In anything you're doing, imagine that you're, you're a flower. You're, you're a seed and you need to push up through that soil and it's not going to feel very nice. You're going to have to spread your roots deep and wide. But when you get through and you're basking in that sunshine, I want you to, to think about that. And she really did think about it. Heck, she even practiced piano. <laughs> she doesn't like to practice anything because I just think it is so um, it's so easy not to try because we're scared of not getting it right. Yeah, of course. But we're all scared of failure, aren't we? You know, if it's... I was so caught up in that failure story, which used to be one of my favourites, that self-sabotage, procrastination and all of that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wince at the thought of people listening to the first few podcasts I did. I yeah. actually wince, but I'm like, that's, that, it is what it is. That's what got me to being able to do a podcast that I'm really proud of. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, like, as Oprah said on the podcast that we listen to, you know, there's no such thing as failure. And it's also, where are the lessons, like, yeah. and I really, and I genuinely have brought that to like some of the things at the beginning of my business and even now and I'm just like they were painful (laughs) like lesson (laughs) all painful but oh my goodness did I learn the most from that and I was like I'm so glad that happened because I've realized I'm not going to do it that way I need to do it this way how do I set boundaries with clients all the uncomfortable stuff talking about money so you know it's like um so yeah so I don't I think I've learned some of the biggest things from some of the most painful things, yeah. things that people would call mistakes. Yeah, have been annoying. So, yeah. So I'm going to come on to that podcast you sent me that we listened to. But before I do that, you touched on it. You talked about um, showing up um, even when you don't want to. Um, when I was asking you about a behaviour habit, new belief or whatever that's improved mm-hmm. your life since starting your business I so with regards to that showing up you work in an industry that requires you to be very visible um you know if I um now people's social media and website is like their cv so the moment I'm interested in somebody the first place I Mm -hmm. go is their social media and then from their social media I go to their um website and I'm guessing that for somebody in your that with with your business your career Showing up also means, on social media anyway, means creating high quality content because 
I want to see somebody that looks like a stylist if I'm looking for somebody to consult me on my image. How do you, so in two parts, how do you maintain this in a space where it can be very easy to accidentally trip over into comparison? That's number one. And you've talked previously about having illness, which means sometimes you literally don't have the energy to do stuff. Yeah. How do you manage, A, with kind of, I guess, keeping yourself in your lane and B, Mm -hmm. to show up or how do you create a system so that you can show up even if health prevents you from doing so? Yeah. So um, at the beginning, I'll be honest, I kind of was doing what I thought I needed to do. So if you've been following me for a while, you'll see my context. I See, this was the thing. I always had a vision for how I wanted to present my brand. It was always there always there and through fear and being frightened of showing up and worrying whether people would like it I got sidetracked okay and I did that for a while and I was doing what I thought I should do and then I realized that it didn't feel authentic it just didn't feel right and I took the plunge and stepped up and said okay I'm going to do what I need to do so um and I think what I wanted to do is I really wanted to to I, I once I reminded myself that that platform is there to talk about my business it's okay to talk about what I do that is what it's there for it's yes. a shop front yes that is like you say maybe the initial um way people are going to connect and find out about me even if somebody recommends me and says oh I'm working with Emma the first thing they're going to do is go and look at my socials look at my website yeah so it has to be a really nice snapshot yeah um like you've said, it needs to aesthetically, it needs to look good. Um, I was frightened to use my branding and things like that, but it's like, that's my business. That's what it's here for. And yes, um, has, um, and I also needed to get my head around the fact that followers and engagement doesn't equal income and business. Hello. Okay. So, um, and I'm not, I'm going to put my hands up. I'm going to say that you get caught up in all of that. Absolutely. And, we're human. Uh, we're human. And, but once I sort of put my blinkers on and, you know, you stay in your own lane and I've always, I think because as long as it feels genuine and authentic, I'm okay with it. Like I've tried not to get distracted. Like I want people to come to my page and see that I'm a stylist and I have a business. I'm not an influencer. I post outfit pictures to show people my personal style you say if you're going to want to work with a stylist nine times out of ten they don't want to look like me but they're buying into my taste levels and my aesthetic so um and it's a way for me to showcase my style skills so and you need to appear on there because now with brands people want people buy into people and they want to see they want that element of it yeah but the way yeah, you're buying me, so you people want to see me. But I'm oh, investing con- in you. Sorry, that sounds crude. In I'm me. investing in you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in terms of, I, I plan my content in advance. Yeah. So I now have an intern, and we will stuff in advance. So I've always got that content there for those days when I might be working at home in my comfies and or I'm too busy to get you know I don't always have somebody to take an outfit picture it's not top priority for me you know so I plan my content and so I have stuff in the bank 
as such. So that's there for days when I can't show up or I don't want to show up. I've also tried to make my content not just about me. It's not a wall of just outfit pictures of me every day. I've got my other content. Um, and I've also just really tried to focus it around it's very it's less personal than it used to be. It is very, you know, every time I put a post up, it has to lead back to something to do with to do with my business. Yeah. So it's changed and a lot of people fell away because of that, because that isn't initially why they were following me. They were more interested in the personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and so I I have I did have a little bit of a struggle for a bit because you it's silly but you take it personally and you think well how how hang on a minute nothing's changed I'm still this person but you know sometimes you might post something and you have a big unfollowing and you think isn't that interesting how you may have said one thing that in real life if you were said something that annoyed somebody would they just stop speaking to you it's kind of you know but it's it's just very very different environment it's a different environment but I think that because it's quite concentrated and because we use our phones so regularly, it's quite intensified. Yeah. There are lots of people that um, we've had a discussion about empathy. Most people might know the dictionary meaning in terms of what it means for us as human beings and how it can impact how we live. I think that there aren't as many people that are as aware of that. And I think that there are lots of people that are not self-aware because we've been taught to... um, we've been taught to do the things that we should. We've been taught that because you are X, that means you should do this. So thinking about that linear thing, people are like two plus two equals four and two plus two equals four. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. so does three plus one. So people don't think like that. So there are things that I think, and this is my social work, pseudo psychology coming in. People are triggered by something they're concealing within them. And because it's so disruptive, they would rather unfollow you than explore why that thing that you said or you posted evoked such a response in them. So you can become the bad person. They're fine as they are. You're a bad person. I don't want you on my timeline anymore. Bye. And also, I mean, as in in life in general, you know, when you get, get to our age, like, some people grow with you yeah and some people don't yeah and so you know the majority of people which is is you know is nice to know that have gone and they've grown with me and my business because i'm i'm not going to be the same person and my business is not going to be the same as it was 4 years ago and yeah. if it is then i'm doing something wrong because Absolutely. anybody that stays the same like it's seen as a bad thing oh you've changed good exactly thank you thank you you know it's like it's a problem when you're not changing isn't it it's like we're meant to evolve i'm gonna link it let me make a note um bernard beckwith i was listening to um michael bernard beckwith on um a podcast i can't remember which one it is but i've got it somewhere and he was saying something about he was saying something about as you get older time seems to move faster or something along those lines yeah so what he was saying is if you remain the same and you're not progressing, and he didn't mean progressing in this very capitalistic, egotistical no, no, way. No, 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 no. He said, if you remain the same, then you're actually behind. Yeah. Because time is moving so fast and, you know, we're hurtling towards the next decade of the next decade. If you remain 
the same if if you don't grow from the age of let's just say I'm just I'm just making my own analogy here if you don't grow from 40 to 45 actually you might as well be operating at where you were at when you were 35 yeah 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 so and there's and there's I was literally just yesterday watching something. It was based on America. I can't remember exactly, but I'm going to try and find the video where it was saying something like um, 64% of Americans are nowhere near self-actualization. So there are more than half... I'm sure it was a higher figure. I'm going to find it. But it was saying something like more than half America, half Americans aren't living a life where they can reach their full potential. So it's not saying you're not living a life where you can't be the number one person in whatever industry. Mm. What the, the what the research says is that they are living a life where they can't even reach their own personal full potential. So if we've got people like that running around and you are looking like actually you are stretching and growing, that's really triggering for people. Yeah. And I think it's also, I think, you know, people only see that one thing. They don't, you know, they don't see what's gone on in the background. They don't see the pain and the discomfort and everything that's gone to you getting there. It's like, um, but also, you know, I've, we don't also have to be, um, you know, my business is meant to look aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. You know, I'm a hero brand. It's like it's it's something that, you know, um, people aspire yeah. to, to using. Yeah. So it is meant to be aspirational, yeah. inspirational. People don't want to see me in my pajamas with yeah. no makeup on As all you the say, time. you're not an influencer. Not, I'm not an influencer. I'm here... I'm, that's my brand image, yeah. and that's what I've decided to to portray. And it doesn't mean I'm not being real. It's that's basically what I want to show you guys on there because I, it's, it's representing my business. So um, yeah, it's and I think I think that's the difference. I think there's just this assumption that everybody's an influencer. And if you're posting outfit posts, you're an influencer and that lots of stylists think that that's what they need to do. And it's great. And that's what they're doing. That's what they're, how they grow their pages. But that's not, that's ultimately not what my platform's meant yeah. to be there for. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's just blinkers on and you have to just remember that. Yeah. Um, and do your thing. Yeah. And do your thing. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay, so we've talked quite a bit about kind of like mindsety emotional stuff that you bring to your um, your business. Into the, I'm just like, damn, I, I need to book you for myself. But I'm just thinking, um, in in a practical sense, which what and you know, your your same age bracket as me, we're forty plus. We still are very interested in style. Um, what wardrobes... And, and the reason... The, the 40 plus thing, not just me, but women that I speak to regularly, it's almost like this phase of life is like a... 
second puberty kind of thing. There, well, I, there, I mean, I think we're going. I mean, it's. I mean, I think. For, I mean, for, for. I think for us, it's. I think. Um, I think this age is is amazing to be in our forties now yeah. because we're getting we're getting this second this new this this chapter because of the work thing and having kids actually what it's made us do is we've adapted and evolved and it's hard yeah you can't go back to your job but look at all the amazing businesses that have been set up because of it and then that's back to the whole having to put ourselves out there in a different way alongside social media which for us was not there when we were young thank god so (laughs) thank god yeah um so you know we are um um, looking at our image in a different way yes oh, and also so. we're also um alongside that transitioning into but you know knowing that we're not going to be wearing the same things that we were but we were when we were 20 or 30 and also I think the age of social media and stuff has made put fashion and style so much more on everybody's radar in a positive way that's great because it's made it accessible for everybody you know for me that's that's the good you know the brilliant thing about influencers and stuff is actually you know I don't like to use the word ordinary because it's not in a derogatory way but people that are not from the fashion business or models or stuff that you know they're having an opportunity to work in the industry and that makes it more appealing to absolutely people out there because they're seeing it on real people and they don't feel as threatened and you know so and you know what's really interesting about this period of life so um and, and what I really love about what you do is, and after my little whatever, I'll, I'll ask the question. What I really love about social media is that brands, as soon as you get to, let's say, 35, brands switch off. You don't exist anymore. They're not marketing to you. And I think that people don't really understand what it is to be Gen X, let's just say. So they don't know how to market to us. So where people like you and where fashion influencers, I find them really helpful, is that they, I really love people like um, Anna Casarina and um, Debbie Fashionable Pan. um, And because they are women within my age bracket, and they are showing me what I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be prancing around. I don't like shopping. No, I don't love shopping. I like it, but I don't love it. So with people that showcase clothes in a way that I would wear them, I'm just going to go online and buy that. Like I'm quite a standard of my Mm. size. So I know that or I know that in some shops I might have to go up or down because of the weight, because of their fitting. So I think that is really fantastic. So bearing that in mind... What would you recommend, like what kind of wardrobe staples do you recommend for 40 plus female founders, women in transition? Because I think that our 40s is quite transitional. Everything is transitional, but this is where I'm focused. What are the sort of things, and and I'm not saying to be really specific because I know it depends on your body shape, but what kind of items do we need to have in our wardrobes if you are somebody that works on their own terms but often works in a wet place in a way where they're visible and want to make sure with their clothing they are communicating what they do yeah i mean the one thing i will say is when people say 
you know, what wardrobe staples should I have? Well, your wardrobe staples might be different to my wardrobe staples because, of course, body shape, but also lifestyle, personal style, you know, you know, what you do for a job. You know, if you're corporate in the city, somebody you're in a creative ad agency, your daytime wardrobe staples are going to be completely different, aren't they? So, but for me, it's all about having those, pieces that can be mixed and matched it can be either dressed up or dressed down because ultimately we need less things that we can maximize yes so it's all about I'm doing a post tonight all about footwear and I tend getting my clients footwear right at the beginning is key and people are like why do you need to start with the shoes and I'm like the thing is though um the foundation, I have a lots of clients where we're building looks around them having a change of footwear through the day. So they're going into London for meetings. Okay, the so they're going on. in with their sneakers on, trouser lengths. Yeah. So we've got to go right, but they're changing up. You know, we need to make sure. So it's about having an aesthetic that works where you can wear both as well. So it, it's about, I always think great outerwear because ultimately, I think we also, because the weather's not so seasonal now, we need those pieces that can be layered up, worn yeah. in different ways. Those transitional pieces that you end up really you know if I do a spring summer shop they don't just wear them spring summer there'll be bits pieces that they'll then add a jumper in the winter um so I think having great outerwear because ultimately nine times out of ten we're wearing a coat from you know most of the year round now and also sometimes that's all people see of you yeah you're, you're dropping in somewhere you're walking around you know it's having I think it's having investing in really great outerwear and if you're sensible you'll do a lot of those things during the sales I always say like your strong your wardrobe staples invest in them in the winter you need a leather jacket get it in the winter yeah. you know get it in sale yeah. um and also you know, having sometimes even just having great accessories to change up a look. You don't actually need. I think as we get older, I think the main thing is is quality. Absolutely, just having better quality. Yeah, things that last. Um, nothing lasts forever. No, <laughs> nothing lasts forever. Except you know, for my diesel in, denim jacket. Except for your diesel <laughs> denim jacket. That's that's like as a one off. But you know, um, I think having not having good. I think it's it's more about having good quality. Yeah, and about um you know because we are so busy knowing having those bits that you know can be cut and paste and linked together um and the things that you know that you can dress up and dress down I do think now I think fashion's changed so much there's not this thing where unless you are in a very corporate environment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know just to change a footwear can that that's something else that I've got I'm talking about my personal change of footwear can just I'll change a look completely yeah let me change tell a you, look change of footwear <laughs> change of footwear I could wear um a shirt and jeans and a blazer with trainers that would be that I can wear that very same outfit with a pair of heels not just men women too doors are being held open for me people move out of the way but that but but that again like your energy will have changed because that's what I talk about what are you wanting to say like your body language changes your posture changes when you put heels on it it elevates you in a different way that said I feel powerful in trainers like if I, I had feel a really, more powerful uh, I can't walk in heels 
Yeah, but but your but but it changes your in terms, especially in terms of like the the male eye. You know, you've you've changed yeah. your you know your yeah. your body's changed, hasn't it? But so yes, yeah, so something as simple as like you know sometimes you know I think there's an air. I think you know the fact that you can wear trainers all the time now and they're seen as smart like I think there's an air of confidence in yes. being confident to rock up somewhere in like a crisp suit and a pair of trainers yeah. that to me is swag yeah that's 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 yeah. confidence yeah so yeah, yeah. Gosh. you might not have one now um but you might do um are there any quotes that you go to that can guide you to just give you what you need this too shall pass mm. this too shall pass and that even that even even when something's good because mm-hmm. sometimes you cling on to it don't you mm-hmm. and it's like cling on to it um but actually it's that clutching and grasping onto things isn't it that causes the that causes the discomfort, that yeah. expectation yeah. of things always being the same. Yeah, it's making me think um, about being present. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And there's another one, um, and I don't know who did it, what lies before us and what lies behind us are nothing, a tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the correct and who it did it. Thank you. It's, but that's, it's, it's pretty, it's powerful, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I know you like books because you very kindly sent me one. Um, What book would you have given yourself as you began to transition from being an executive PA to becoming a, well, you did a course in personal styling, but you've become an image consultant. What what book would you have given yourself or which book would you have given yourself as um, you were making that transition? God, I've read some fantastic books. Put me on the spot. I'll have to have a think. I mean, the book that I sent you is pretty major. The Untethered. Because The Untethered Soul. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably on about my fourth read of that now. I wasn't ready for it when I first read it. I'd still think four reads in, but the, it just, it's because it's deeper really, it goes deeper and deeper. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I've had a few books that have really, really, really sort of hit a mark with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Zukov, Seat of the Soul, is pretty major book. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I, if I if I can think, I'll, I'll if just for your show notes, I'll I'll have a little think because yeah. there's a few more books yeah. that I know that I'm I've read that have been quite powerful. Which books would you recommend as useful resources, even books, podcasts, whatever, would you recommend as useful resources for women that are in this kind of transition and allowing themselves to blossom anew? 
Well, I'm all, I'm all about Super Soul Sunday. Hey, I'm all hello. about Super Soul Gosh, Sunday. We haven't even talked about that. We're running out of time. I'm all about Super Soul Sunday. But I mean, like you really like. Sometimes I, I sometimes I'll put it up on my stories. Like you must listen to this, and I just yeah. think it depends where you are on your journey. Because yes. for some people, it's just whoop, whoop, no thanks, just too much, too kooky, yeah, too like. I think you need to really be open yeah. to it because I think it's just. Um, I mean, I love Return to Love. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, Marianne's one of my favourites. Yeah. The her quote is uh, is a is a really good one. The deepest fear one it's, is that yes. we are powerful beyond measure. Measure, yes. yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. That's um, yeah, yes. that hits home when you actually really think about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I would say, I mean, that that's my go-to if I have time. I have a car journey. Um, yeah, that's my go-to because I've just listened to the. Um, the New Earth series that she did with Eckhart. Oh yes, totally. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me let me just. I have to read that. Um, so a, a small part of the quote by Marianne Williamson, which is, um, "Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our di- darkness, that most frightens us." How That's many why we times dim do we down? Do- Girl, you're in my head. Very quickly, um, before we wrap up, um, you sent me um, a link to um, Super Soul Sunday, um, Oprah's episode, which is called Own Your Truth. Yes. Wow. Wow. It really, I'm so glad that I listened to it yesterday and I listened to it again this morning and I'm going to listen to it again because it just goes deeper and deeper where um, Oprah Winfrey is talking about how owning her truth is what allowed her to become the person that not just has all the things that she has, but is able to serve people in the way she does. So powerful and affirming. Thank you so much for sending that to me. Yeah. And I realised actually listening to that yesterday, that that's exactly what I'm doing with my work. Yes. Me too. It's I'm really serving affirming. my what my soul with my personality. Yeah, is, and that's that. That's it. That's exactly where I'm meant to be. Yeah, I, I realised that when yeah. she when she said it. So, so may I ask you, as we sit here and now, what truth are you owning currently? That I am enough. Even my pen lid dropped off. <laughs> that one yeah yeah so emma do you have anything coming up that you can share with my listeners so they can see how much enough you are yeah well i'm hope i've got um we're starting something called the supper club collective mm. um with joe grobler and um, that should be launching that should be launching next month. Socials and stuff should be live next month. Yeah. And that is what we want to do is it's going to be Manchester based for now, but who knows? We might roll it out. They're going to be um, intimate dinners for creatives to sort of um, collaborate and work together, connect and collaborate in a very authentic, genuine way. Because I think networking doesn't always work for everybody. 
um, the, the structure of some networking formats don't work for people, especially creatives. And so we wanted to to develop relationships in a nice, authentic way. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to be doing doing that with her and just hope, you know, you know, growing and building Crave. That's that's kind of what I'm up to at the moment. So how can people um, make contact with you? What are the best ways? Okay, so I kind of hang out mostly on Instagram mm-hmm. in terms of my socials. Yeah. So I'm the fashion craver. Yeah. Um, I've also got my website, which is cravepersonalstyling.com. Brilliant. Um, I've got my YouTube channel, which is Crave Personal Styling. Um, yeah, or you can drop me an email, Emma at Crave Personal Styling. Fantastic. I will make sure that they are all linked in the show notes. Emma, this has been a fantastic conversation. It has. I could have talked for hours. I know. I could have as well, but um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to give people a potent hour. Yes. Um, and then they're just going no, to have to come good. and find you to get them more. They are. Yeah. They are. I really, 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 really have appreciated this conversation. I have to. I have to. My wardrobe is going to get a rude awakening because there's some stuff that just needs to get the heck out <laughs> of there. Needs to go. Uh, yeah. My mum's church is doing a tabletop sale. I'll, I'll try and get rid of it there. <laughs> No, not get rid of it. I will try and pass it on there because it's all still in good condition. A lot of it has still got the tags on, man. So I know, I know, I know, I know. So that's going to happen. But thank you. I've really thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And um, I look forward to catching up with you in real life at some point this year. You will do very soon. Next month, hopefully. Hallelujah. Right, my darling, you take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 360 Conversations. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. I hope you found the episode useful. I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon. Podcast produced by me, Tammy Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. Take care.